When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Welcome to the family with Doug Smithall and Annie Bram Bernard. And who's on the horn? Mike Gelfand, that's who. We'll be right back. Kick things off with the family. <coughs> so, a little uh, Walter Automotive <laughs> Group, Walzer.com. Tom thought he was off the air. It's funny. Uh, we were talking about this this morning. There is still an ongoing chip shortage, which is affecting positively the uh, value of late model used cars. If you have one you're considering selling, please reach out to us directly at walzerbuyscars.com. You can always email me with questions at doug at walzer.com. Late model stuff is really strong right now. If you have a lease that's coming due in the next four or five, six months and you want to get out early, maybe you're working from home and you and your spouse are SO. Hear that trendy word I use? Significant on there? Yeah, oh yeah, it's no, cool. No, no it? about it. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, make sure you mention that around Catherine, will you? S O. Significant other. Okay, yeah, I'll absolutely. mention that. All right. Um, and you want to go down to one car? We can get people out of leases early, about eighty percent of the time. So again, go to WalzerBuyscars.com or as always, Doug at Walzer.com. Walzer Automotive Group. Walzer.com. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant. What's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who've been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this. If the adjuster really, truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know? And that's exactly my question is you have to understand who has the best, your best interest in mind, correct? Well, you want to know what your rights are. You know, whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not, that's a choice. It's a free consultation, and you want to understand what your, all your rights are and what coverages you have. And plus the fact I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you. Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. And we are back with Stretch's picks. Who's winning this thing? The Kitties, the Pack, the Bears, or the Purple? None of the above. Those are all the teams in the division. I know that. Well, who's your pick? I'm going with Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. What? It's not a football team. Sabre is one of the largest Bryant dealers in the state, which means you save. Yep, I'm going with Sabre, Sabre and Bryant, doing whatever it takes to keep you comfortable. Oh, uh, one more thing, Tom. What's that? Visit SabreHeating.com. When I think of my funky one, I think of Doug Sprinthal. Hey, that's my wife that was singing that. Calm down. That's what I'm saying. That's why I think of you, because you're her funky one. I love that song. It's the only positive song that Steely Dan ever wrote. Every other tune they had were just like old guys leching on 19-year-olds and just a... Well, that's true. LSD chemists are just a, a collection of misfits, but any major dude good son. I understand. There's no question. Mr. Gelfand, how are you? You know, I'm pretty good. I keep hearing this thing about the uh, the chip shortage. Mm-hmm. And I just wish I could sell the one on my shoulder. <laughs> the, it's a big one, so it's a huge a lot chip. of money. 
That would be a win-win. Mm-hmm. It would indeed. Mike Elfand, chip on his shoulder. Now we're That's talking. It. No question about it. Let me know when Dr. Huber is ready to go with you, Andy. It's ringing right now. Right, let me know I have a quick question for you. Yes, sir. I think you're right that most people in this country are stupid. Have you They're seen what the stock stupid. market is doing today? 500 and some points yeah, It's up. almost up six because... Uh, it looks they're going to get a, a deal to raise the debt ceiling. Right. They're always going to raise the debt ceiling. I know. Ceiling. There was... Is this ever? <laughs> I, I know. Mean... It's ridiculous. <sighs> Galfano, has there been a worse time for politics in American history? And I'm talking about all sides. Well, I think when Hamilton got shot, that was probably. No, that was, that was a little worse. easier going for the people. You know what I mean? I don't know. I, I, uh. I listened uh, just a few minutes ago to a uh, some great insights from Marjorie Taylor Greene. Which one? Oh, so that she's the Jewish no. space laser lady, right? She's yeah, she's the space laser uh, lady. What space the, uh, laser? The congresswoman uh, who, uh, on this particular soundbite, was explaining why uh, the people she was comparing the the, uh, the uh, law enforcement people. Who are arresting people who uh, uh, were, uh, you know, really uh, high profile and breaching the Capitol? Mm-hmm. She's comparing the, the people arresting them to uh, to the Gestapo, and uh, you know, this is a woman who thinks the Gestapo was uh, was a uh, cold soup. No, I understand. Well, I, I, hey, who Gestapo, Gaspacho, What the hell's the difference? Yeah, right. It's uh, either way. You're certainly dealing with some vegetables. Yeah, no question about it. Here's what I don't understand about any of that, Mike. She's yapping about her crap, which is ridiculous. And then the other side's yapping about it like it was like everybody in the building was killed. Yeah. I mean, it's ridiculous what these people are doing on both sides. Well, I think enough people were killed. That's that's my feeling. Well, but that's because a cop shot her. Well, one person was shot by a person who was trying to... Uh, to basically uh, complete the uh, the uh, objective of killing uh, various people, including the vice president. Yeah, she was shot. And mm-hmm. uh, I think you could logically argue that may have saved some lives, but, you know, it, I don't know. I've seen the video. I don't know what there is to talk about. Well, there is nothing to talk it, about. No, and if you don't believe what you saw, then you don't believe what you saw. And the other thing about it is, well, they burned down the entire United States, and nobody cares about that. Yeah, well, things are, uh, they tend to be uh, on fire uh, all over the country, that's for sure. Yeah, you know, no uh, doubt. It, 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 it always promised to be a long, hot summer, and it has been. No, it has. You're absolutely This, this right. country is trending toward more on fire rather than less. Yeah, true. Unfortunately, yeah, I, it's uh, true. I think it's true. And, and meanwhile, um, I've been playing, played by a, an invasive species of my own. I, I'm going to have to tell you about that when we have more time but uh it's the box elder bugs oh yeah they're everywhere they are everywhere Mm -hmm. they they really are and uh they've uh you know what they do is is they as you know you probably know they they congregate on the on the south side of your house right Mm -hmm. and 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 i i learned when i lived in chicago you you don't ignore gangs on the south side (laughs) yeah you damn right buster no, these these are bad, and there's not, you know, there's, you don't want to crush them for one thing. No. You can't just like, you know, smash them because they leave behind this 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 sort of like a brown fecal stain. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, and I'm sorry to call it that image, but you know, so you have to be very careful with these things. And I and I keep reading, oh, they're harmless. You don't have to worry about it. You know, I, I, I got to say, uh, you know, I, I like, I like box elder bugs, who do get captured. Yeah, well, I understand. Uh, I wow. do understand. Wow. <clears throat> he kind of like tied something there. Pretty good. Tied Mike. something in there, didn't yeah. he? And I'm still, I'm still, uh, fight. I'm, I think I'm winning the battle, but uh, the siding on the south side of my house, I, th- I think I'm just going to have to, like, you know. That brown paint there because I don't think the stain's ever going away. No, uh, you might be right about that. Yeah, Dayton was the uh, pretty much worst property in the world for those things. A lot of box elders dealing with there. those for a good twenty years at least. No uh. question about it. Uh, you, you know what kills them, and I don't know why, is a mixture of hand soap and water. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I I tried that. 
And, uh, you know, I know in my life, uh, soap has pretty much been the answer to everything, mm-hmm. although it has never worked. Uh, <laughs> well, there you go. Dom understands this, being a neurotic. Yes. Fellow neurotic. But, you know, for me, I went, I went, I went in, you know, I just went all in on soap for many years until I realized that it, it could never erase the stain. I'm sorry if I sound Shakespearean. No, I think it's quite the, the treat, actually, to tell you the truth. You know. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Did you get a hold of Dr. Huber, Andy? Uh, no, he didn't answer. I can try dialing him again. <clears throat> yeah, try him one, once more. He usually, well, just leave him a message. He can call back in. That'd be fine. But in any case, we just uh, kind of oh, float. he's calling in right oh, now. He's calling in right now. Good. You're going to like this guy, Mike. Uh, we have a doctor call. I haven't talked to him in a couple of months, actually, a few months. But Dr. Huber does call in, and we have some nice conversations. And Mr. Gelfand and Mr. Huber, you're getting, and Dr. Huber, you guys are going to Is Dr. Huber ready? Yep. Dr. John Huber, how are you doing, sir? I'm amazing. How are you today? Where have you been, Buster? I, whatever happened to my buddy John? Where'd he go? <laughs> well, you know, with COVID and stuff, it kind of re- reshaped uh, the world, and I had to do some restructuring and reshuffling around and, uh, you know, basically rebuild my business plan, and, and here I am back in back in the of things. I like it. Now, Mr. Dr. Huber, Mr. Mike Gelfand, you two are going to enjoy each other's company because you're both quite bright young men, and uh, it should be quite the conversation, I would think. Excellent. Yeah, I, well, no, I revere Mike. all doctors, so, yeah. You do what? I, I revere all doctors, although although I have to say, you know, I'm, I'm naturally predisposed to leaning toward the, the Jews and the Indians. <laughs> oh, well, pardon me. That's because, Mike is a nice Jewish boy, Dr. Huber. That's why he's being oh, such a okay, wise okay. ass. I don't, yeah, <laughs> I don't know about I, the I nice part. Yeah, I don't know about the nice part. I've discovered that in the medical profession, you know, that, that, that guys from India, in, Indian doctors are the new Jews. Well, they are. <laughs> and why would that wow, be? Wow, I never thought of it like that. You know, it's just a trend. Oh, it's a trend. Okay, well, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Now, Dr. Huber, Dr. John Huber, decided to come out of hiding and come back on the show. We missed you dearly. There's no question about that. Uh, well, thank you. But it is time. Halloween, can horror films cause post-traumatic stress disorder? Some of them are so vile, Dr. Huber, I assume they probably can. For real. Well, yeah, actually, I think can. And it doesn't even have to be horror movies. I mean, remember that movie about 20 years ago with Macaulay Coffin called My Girl? Yep. Where yep. you go in and think it was going to be a nice, fun kid movie. And about halfway through, one of the child actors has a horrific death and dies. Mm-hmm. You know? and, and in fact, my wife was pregnant with my first child at that point. And boy, that, that really shook her up. I mean, it was because nobody warned us, you know, it was just like, Hey, it's another great little fun Macaulay Culkin movie where you know, you know, where it's, you know, slapping his face with aftershave and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's actually we had a similar experience recently. Um, my wife is pregnant; she's the baby's due in a month, and so she's like, "Oh, Melissa McCarthy has this new movie. Let's watch it." And she didn't know what it was about. She just knew she likes Melissa McCarthy. So we're watching it, and it turns right. out. The entire movie is about coping with the death of your infant. Oh, God. Oh, oh boy. Not a good time to watch that movie. No. <laughs> yep. So, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. And they worry about triggering words, right? Yeah, really. That's not good news. Nope. Did she watch the whole thing? Yeah, I, I thought she was going to turn it off as soon as she found out what it was about. But no, we watched the whole thing. I could see that. Wow. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and it's it's interesting because there's two times of the year when these horror movies come out: Halloween and Valentine's Day. Do you know why that is? No. Well, think about how many people have have lived through a traumatic experience together, end up getting married, or spending the rest of their lives best friends, that kind of stuff. And part of it is you have a shared trauma with another individual, and you two will have connections. And, and understand each other in a way that nobody else will ever be able to do that because yeah. you shared in that trauma. And the research shows that if you go and share in a trauma with a potential partner 
or a potential best friend that you two going through that, it's just like going through like a real life major traumatic incident as far as all the neurotransmitters and, and hormones and stuff that get released and then how you can debrief each other after the movie or after the event. And you can actually increase the, the longevity of that relationship by going to horror movies wow. with with that potential significant other. Trauma bonding? I have to say, I'm not contradicting. Trauma bonding, yes. I just want to talk, all I can say is in my experience, well, let me put it this way. My wife and I shared the trauma of our honeymoon, and it did not bring us closer together. <laughs> well, you know, and I like that perspective, you know, because <laughs> if you'd have come to me before you got married, we might have been able to avoid that whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> I guess we'll never know. I guess we'll never know. I got to read this. The intended purpose of a horror film is to scare the audience and keep them on the edge of their toes. However, everyone uh, p uh, processes external stimuli differently. Some viewers may be traumatized watching these films, especially if they are children. Mm. We're talking about horror films here. One of the problems I do ha have, Dr. Huber, is the fact Back in the day, you could you could be scary without being vile about it. I think uh, about Alfred Hitchcock making great movies, no doubt oh, about yeah. it. Oh, yeah. But these movies now, it's just nothing but slasher violence. It's just hideous. That's not for kids. No. <laughs> I don't think it's for anybody. No, it's, it's, no. It, it's not really. But the shock value sells a lot of tickets. And yeah. it's interesting because I had a conversation a couple years ago with, with Jenny McCarthy. And she was like, okay, my kids want to watch my movies, but I'm the victim in all these different movies. Yeah. And so I sat down, and, and the thing to do with that is to, you know, get the movie with and, and buy it on or, or have access to it on one of these digital movie services, whatever, that have all the extra footage, you know, the special effects, how they did this and how they did that, and watch the special effects first. Because your kids then can conceptualize and realize that it really is makeup. It is digital uh, alignment and stuff like that. And that really helps kids go through that. In fact, uh, we, my daughter, from earliest age, she wanted to watch every slasher movie that was on. My son's 20 years old and he still doesn't want to watch it. Right. Okay? But my right. daughter, when she was you know, just old enough to recognize that, hey, there are movies, you know, I want to watch this one. And people, you know, it looks like they're getting their heads decapitated and things like that. And we're like, oh, my goodness, we're going to have a hard time. You know, she'll have nightmares. So we went and got the movie she wanted to watch, and we watched all the special effects with her, and we sat there with her. And then she would go through the movie, and she would find special effects that weren't covered in in the added footage. And she she would pause the movie and go, see, look, if you look right here, you can see where they, they digitize this color right here. You know? mm -hmm. And it's just like, wow. And so all of a sudden it was just, it, it was like a challenge for her, and she wasn't scared by, by, by the blood and by the act because she realized it was all fake. Mm -hmm. That is a good thing, Mr. Gelfand. I can't believe that you were ever a horror movie fan, were you? Hate him, hate him. <laughs> I will not watch anything like that at all. I, I think it's you know for me it's the most vile kind of pornography there is. Yeah, no, I understand. I do understand. I don't, that how did you know that, Tom? I because I've known you for thirty-five years or thirty-six yeah, years. Yeah, you know, that might have something to do with it, Mike. Uh, thirty-five just years. Just a little bit of insight. <laughs> <laughs> just a little insight into. Wait, 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 wait. What what shared traumatic event did you guys have that gave you a thirty-year friendship? Mm. Working in radio together. <laughs> that that went to it. Oh, right there. Oh yeah, Pretty baby. From day one. <laughs> <laughs> I need to remix. Saving Private Ryan, except it's about being on the radio. I want to, I want Mike Gelfand to tell you one of the, pro probably the funniest thing I've ever heard on the radio. He delivered it live on the KQRS morning show. It has to do with uh, my wife and me have w only one thing in common. My wife and I only have one. You remember that, Mike? Remember that joke? Oh, yes. I remember it. And, uh, you know, I, every time I delivered that line or something close to it, I would go home and get the silent treatment for another month. <laughs> <laughs> and here, well, yeah, right. at least you got thing. some benefit from it. Yeah. Yeah. As long as you got exactly. some benefit from it. No, I, I simply <laughs> observed. I, I just observed, and it, you know, I, I, yeah, it's 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 
one of the one of the hardest things for people to accept, of course, is a is a joke that's actually too real. <laughs> right. So, but all I said it was harmless enough. I just said that my my wife and I had just one thing in common, and that was that we both hate me. <laughs> Mike, do you know that Pat Ebert's ripped? Mike, do you know that Pat Ebert's ripped that off in one of his ads? Did he really? Yeah. Oh, Last God. winter. Oh God, mm. Pat. I knew there was some reason I didn't like him. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, Pat and I—he doesn't like himself, obviously. Pat and I are old friends, and. Uh, you know, I, always, I tell my I tell my my closest friends that you can steal one of my lines whenever you want to, if it either gets you money or gets you laid. Yeah, there you go. Amen. Otherwise, I'm you got to pay me for it. <laughs> Makes sense. I, I have to ask: Has any of your lines ever caused the latter? Yes. Oh. All the time. <laughs> no, well, I'm glad to hear that. You, you get paid all the time for this? No, laid, the latter, not the former. <laughs> no, the laid, not the play paid. Different, totally different. <laughs> uh, what are you going to do? So, Dr. Huber, I am a big, you know, I grew up a nice Catholic boy, so I think Catholics in particular love Halloween. I don't know what the hell that's all about, but I, I grew up loving Halloween. We go trick-or-treating, and I know this is hard for people to believe, but even in the late 50s when we went to school, when we went trick-or-treating uh, out of St. Joseph's School in North Minneapolis, it was a... Basically, we had the entire world uh, population with us. There was a black, young black man, Native American. There was a, well, there was even an Irishman, which I, I was against, but, you know, they, they included him anyway. But seriously, we had basically, you know, the, the Spanish people. We had somebody of every race, and we didn't even notice we were different. Now, was that a problem, Dr. Huber? Maybe I should have paid no, attention. No, it wasn't a problem. That's, 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 that's the way it's supposed to be. Exactly. I just, I don't see, I watch the news now and I'm like, we, that was 60 years ago when nobody cared. Exactly. Well, you know, I, I give a lot of advice to, to friends and family members and some of my patients and things, you know, and they talk about how, how their, their elderly parents are just so agitated and upset and scared. And I'm like, look, go in, get their, their remote control, use the child you know, chip that they have, the parent parental blocking chip, and yep. block all the news channels. And so they went through and blocked all the news channels, and the next time, every one of them to a T, the next time I see them, like four or five weeks later, they're like, oh, my God, my parents are in such better mood, and they're, oh, yeah. they're happy. And it's like, turn the news off. Yep. People. It's there to instigate, to cause emotional upheaval, and they can they can manipulate you through fear, whatever they want to yep. do. They can the only use problem, though, is people turn the news off, and then they go to Facebook. Yeah, which oh, is the God. exact same thing, just in a different mm -hmm. medium. Yes. Exactly, exactly. And and luckily for, for most of these people, you know, the, the, their parents aren't a Facebook kind of thing. They, they love to text to their grandkids and stuff like that, and that's about it. They don't. They don't care for that. You know, yeah. you just reminded me of something. I forgot this happened. I left the morning show, the KQ morning show this morning, right at 10 o'clock, and I'm walking down the hall, and this man comes up to me. He goes, Tom? I said, yes, sir. And he goes, has, has Facebook sued you yet? And I said, what? Yeah. He goes, has Facebook sued you yet? I said, why would they sue me? He said, you didn't exactly say very nice things about Mark Zuckerberg. I, was, I, was, I said, you know, i got to believe if you're worth a couple of hundred billion dollars, you don't really care what Tom Bernard has That's to say true. about you. Well, I don't know. I mean, I, I watch a lot of your podcasts and stuff on on Facebook, so. We're <laughs> on man. Facebook for now. Yeah, for now. We might be gone. You, know. <laughs> you never know when that's good. Well, YouTube already got rid of us, so hey. They did, indeed. Well, um, that's just the way it goes. I've been, I've been to Facebook jail, and, and remember, jail changes a man. That's true. That, that is very true. <laughs> Dr. Huber, what do we do, like, like I said, first of all, Andy, you never cared for Halloween, you know, scary movies. Alex, our I daughter, I was never did. into scary movies. Yeah, no. you were never into that. But we didn't let our kids watch, you know, hacker films and slash. No, I've never that. seen any of the uh, iconic, you know, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, no. Halloween, Freddy Krueger, all those. I've never seen them. <laughs> well... I, I have to admit that I did, but it was against my 
parents request uh, you know i would right. oh yeah no we're going to see this uh this chick flick over here and then we go watch you know texas chainsaw <laughs> massacre or, or uh you know something like that oh uh, how was the movie oh it was great my girlfriend loved it you know blah 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 blah, blah. <laughs> no one thing know, I... the, as a as a jew the thing i i found most scary about you know this, this like chainsaw massacre thing thing that bothered me the most was the chainsaw somebody operating one yeah that's completely foreign to me yeah you you'd have no idea uh, what to do with that thing no yeah no, no, no. here in texas man they're all over the place yeah oh yeah in fact, in fact a few years ago my wife specifically asked for a chainsaw for her birthday present <laughs> so 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 i get her this chainsaw and she goes on all her social media and shows a picture of the chainsaw and goes, look what my husband got me for my birthday. Ooh. Yippee. Mm-hmm. Ooh. And her friends reamed me, man. Oh, my God. And she never once come to my rescue and said, oh, it's exactly what I asked for. You know? <laughs> this, the exact same thing happened to me with my wife this summer. Her birthday's on the 4th of July. The only thing she wanted uh-huh. was an electric leaf blower. Why not? Right. Okay, if that's what you want, it's honey, of course, here you go. And she did the same easier. thing, and I got just hung out on the line. Well, but it's got well, diamonds you know, on it, so, you know, do, it's... What you have to do is you have to give your wife something. You know, you can't give her, you know, you can't give her something that you want. That's the most important thing. I mean, right. It took me a few years to learn that. I, I had to give my wife something that, that I would never use, so I used to, like, give her things like, you know, a rake or a broom or something. <laughs> right, well, I didn't want the lawnmower. What are you talking lawnmower's about? Lawnmower's good, too, right. Cooking utensils? <laughs> Cooking utensils, yeah. <laughs> well, no, see, I love to cook, so oh, you, you know it was actually you don't, for me. Yeah. You don't want me cooking, believe me. You don't want me in that kitchen. <laughs> God. That would be rather hideous, but I don't know. Do we are we in a situation right now, Doctor Huber, where people are, and I really sincerely do believe that people are getting dumber by the day. I really do believe that because people think they can do whatever they want now. They want to break up the family unit. No more mom. No more dad. No more brothers and sisters. Everybody's just on their own, and you can do whatever the hell you want. It's not working out too well because the people driving down the streets shooting one another willy nilly is not a good outcome. I don't think. It, it's not, and what that does is it takes away people's sense of uh, belonging, and it actually gives organizations and, for example, the state or, or the federal government an ability to manipulate and control you much more easily yep. than if you're bound together and you, you sit there and you are in a close, connected relationship with somebody else or a group of people, whether it's your whole family, extended family and friends, that kind of stuff. You start seeing, hey, that, that that law is affecting this over here and it's restricting my friends' freedoms. I, I think that's wrong. I should stand up. But when we're all divided, you don't get that. Right. You well, don't get that connection, and it's an easier way to basically topple a, a democracy. Well, that's the M.O. behind all coercive control, whether it be cults or domestic abusers. Step one is always divide the subject from everything but yourself. Yep. Yes. See, we're kind of Absolutely. seeing that on a national scale, aren't we? Absolutely, yeah. we are. Yes. Yeah, we are. Worldwide scale, I'd well, say. Yeah. And I ask, I ask the physicians I work with, you know, what what's the reality behind the the, the masks? And if you go back and look over two thousand three hundred years ago, you know, the the Muslim religion realized that by covering your mouth and your nose, you lift, lose your sense of personal identity, and mm-hmm. so they required all women to do that. So they stop standing up against the men. And mm. I see an equivalency here oh, yeah. for our government. Oh, know, yeah. Because because these masks, they stop water droplets, but they don't stop the virus. So what are they really getting us to do? And if the masks work, we would have never had the major spikes last summer. Yeah, that's exactly right. We do need to take a quick break. You have about 10 more minutes, Dr. Huber? For you, yes. You're a good man. We'll be right back with Mr. Mike Gelfand and Dr. John Huber, Doug Sprinthal, Andy and me. We'll be right back. 
Tom Bernard talking with Brad Huckle and Michael Bilski of North American Banking Company. We've talked a few times over the years about how North American Banking Company has helped local businesses when they're ready for expansion. We love talking about the success of our customers. One example is suburban manufacturing in Monticello. They create innovative products that produce clean, dry air that is needed during the manufacturing process. We recently helped them expand their business. Moving into a new building gave them the space they needed to add new equipment and production lines. We were able to step in quickly and provide the financing they needed when they needed it. When we help businesses like suburban manufacturing with their expansion, it's beneficial for our customers, but their growth also creates new jobs in our community. So they make stuff that produces clean, dry air for manufacturing after working with Bilski. Do they breathe easier with their business belt? We certainly hope so, Tommy, and that's no hot air. Nice one. Why not bank with my banker? North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and equal housing lender. As you know, my friend Mike Lindell has a passion to help everyone get the best sleep of your life. He didn't stop by simply creating the best pillow. Mike created the new Giza Dream bed sheets. They look and feel great, which means an even better night's sleep for me, which is crucial for my busy schedule. Mike found the world's best cotton called Giza. It's ultra soft and breathable, but extremely durable. Mike's Giza sheets come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. The first night you sleep on the Giza sheets, you will never want to sleep on anything else. Giza Dream sheets come in a variety of sizes and colors. Mike's making a special offer for my listeners. You buy one set, get another set absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, and use promo code TOM. There you'll find not only this amazing offer, but also deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the MyPillow mattress topper, MyPillow towel sets, and so much more. Call 1-800-516-5146. Use the promo code TOM. Go to MyPillow.com. Make sure you use the promo code TOM. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Dr. John Huber with us. We're talking about Halloween. Can horror films cause post-traumatic stress disorder? I'm going to turn it over to Dr. Huber. Uh, Mr. Mike Gelfand with us as well. But Dr. Huber, I just want to hear your take on... on so how is this for children? How is it, uh, look, individuals who are survivors of assault, sexual abuse, attempted murder, whatever, I, I want to hear your take on all this because I like like scary movies. I've never been a slasher fan. I don't like slasher movies. You know, like I said, I'm a, I'm a Hitchcock fan and a couple of the other ones. Um, so what? what's the deal? Why do people allow little children to view these films anyway? Well, for a lot of reasons, you know, they, they don't really, let's just put it bluntly, have the sharpest parenting skills out there. Um, they, they may not have really been taught how to be a parent very well. And... They think, hey, I love it. Why wouldn't my kid love it? Right. You know, and and they just they're not thinking right. It, it's not it's not something that is malevolent. They're trying to go out and hurt their child or do anything. They just don't think past the reach of their nose. You know, it's just, hey, this is what I like. I'll bring the kid, so I don't have to get a babysitter. And <laughs> and they do it. And some of these kids could care less. They're not really watching the movie in the first place. They're there for the candy and popcorn. Mm -hmm. And uh, they're perfectly fine. But an interesting thing, back in the 80s, a group of hospitals in New York City started documenting through their social workers and stuff uh, kids that were brought in because they were having severe nightmares from watching these horror movies. And, you know, I mean, that was was the, the Halloween and Friday the 13th you know, genre, that was the decade right there. And these kids were having huge nightmares, but as they become adults, what they found out was the kids who had these huge nightmares and, pro- and trauma from, from scary movies, they were the people who, when they joined in the military, came back with PTSD when nobody else in their platoons would. Yeah. So it, it, it actually may be uh, prescriptive that, hey, you know, maybe your child shouldn't consider some sort of, you know, first first responder type job or military type job if they had nightmares when they were kids you know from movies because it it, it is actually there's a there's a it's correlational we don't know it's causal but it, there's a lot of emphasis that shows that the lack of those cognitive coping skills that allow you to say hey this is recreation those people really weren't after me and I'm, I don't need to have nightmares about them 
that whole uh, conscious and unconscious process that goes on in there that allows people like you to enjoy the movie and myself to enjoy a lot of them. Um, those types of things are, are indicative of a lack of coping skills and really do predict uh, whether, whether you're going to be in harm's way from mental health issues like post-traumatic stress disorder if you're exposed to real-life traumatic events. You know what happened to me as a little kid, and this is true, by the way, when I was a little kid, I watched Fear Strikes Out. Great movie, right? Mm-hmm. About the life of Jimmy Pearsall. And then a short time later, I saw Psycho. And all I took away from that wow. as a 10-year-old boy was, holy Christ, Jimmy Pearsall's crazier than I thought he was. <laughs> I mean, basically. <laughs> like, man. Well, you know, you know what Jimmy Pearsall said, though? He said, he said, I'm sane, and I have the papers to prove it. Yeah, <laughs> he, said, he said that to me one. He also told me one time, I interviewed him years ago, and I made some smart-ass comment with him, and he said to me, and I quote, you're lucky I don't have a baseball bat with me right now. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. I'm like, okay, Jimmy. Wow. Settle down, Jimmy. Well, you want to play some baseball? Yes, I'm sure that's what he was talking about. Yeah. I'm positive that was it. Well, he had to put up with Harry Carey for all those years. He did. Oh, wow. Yeah, he did. He did indeed. Love that movie, though. Carl Malden and uh, Anthony Perkins. What could be Perkins. Anthony Perkins. Didn't he make a convincing baseball player? Uh, when he was climbing, the, when he was climbing the backstop, I thought he was pretty good. He looked like yeah. you know. Here's a guy. He's he's one of the great players of his time. Yeah. And and you watch Anthony Perkins like swinging the bat. It looks like he's a, an adaptive gym kid. <laughs> it does you're right? You're absolutely right about wow. that. Uh, what the hell? We we all got through it somehow. You know what I mean? It's. No, meeting Jimmy Pearsall was a thrill for me because I was, as you said, what a tremendous player that man was. But mm. one of my favorite things he ever did, and I can't remember who he was playing for at the time, he actually showed up in the outfield wearing a beetle wig. Remember that story? I don't. Really? That, that's a true. He went out on the field during a regulation Major League Baseball game wearing a beetle wig. <laughs> who does he think he is, There's Bill no Spaceman Lee? Yeah, there you go. What did you say, Mike? I said there's no rule against it. I, you know, it's pretty clever. Probably not. I, I wonder. I used, to, I used to, you know, when I lived in Chicago, I, Harry, Harry and, and Jimmy were paired up. Harry, yes. Harry and Jimmy yep. Pearsall. Yep. And, and like, Harry Carey would would be saying, you know, ah, the bases are loaded. Holy cow, we need a hit here. And then Jimmy would, would say, uh, uh, Harry, Harry, have you noticed that... that, that the hot dogs don't come in buns anymore. They just come with bread. How long has that been going on? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. How about they the, just got distracted the, easily. The great Jimmy Pearsall <laughs> quote uh, for the, I believe it was the White Sox at the time, not the Cubs, but the White Sox. Uh, Harry made a comment. Look at all the beautiful wives down there behind the plate. They're all sitting behind the plate, the beautiful players' wives. And Jimmy Pearsall says, and I quote, a bunch of horny broads looking for a free ride. <laughs> <laughs> that wouldn't work today, I don't think. Uh, no. Uh, no. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that just shows you how politically correct we've become when a guy can't even say that. You can't even say a horny broad looking for a free ride anymore without getting a sidelong glance. Uh, Isn't life wonderful? Right. Oh, man. Life is one. Well, Doctor Hubie, you got to come back more often. Man, I missed you. It's been about a year and a half, I think, hasn't it? It, it has. It has been about about eighteen months, and and uh, it's it. You know, a lot of things have been going on in my world. You know, like I said, I had to restructure, and mm-hmm. and so now I'm doing online ketamine assisted psychotherapy. So. Oh. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. So that's good. Well, we will stay in touch, sir. I look uh, look forward to the next time we have you on. Thank you, Doctor Huber. Excellent. Thank you so much. Good to meet you, Mike. I hope you both have an awesome day. You too, sir. Thank you very much. Thank you. I always like that guy, man. Dr. Huber's got a great sense of humor. How come you guys are the only two that get to have an awesome day? What about me and Andy? You're out. You're out of the mix, both of you. You haven't earned it yet. (laughs) You know, Mike... Did he say say online ketamine-assisted therapy? He did say that. He did indeed, yes. 
That's interesting. Mm. Yeah, You're a good friend of mine, the guy you 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 know a little bit, battled depression all his life, and and he just recently went through uh, ketamine therapy, which is helping a lot of people who have not been able to find anything else that worked for their depression. Really? You know, I've been following that as well, and there's a, a kind of a similar but a different chemical that they also use is uh, uh, mushrooms. Really? Psilocybin, Magic. yeah. yeah. And it accelerates the therapy sessions. They'll do like, they'll, you'll, you get moderately stoned, and then they're like eight-hour-long psychotherapy sessions. And the, and the really? statistics are actually encouraging. Well, that's good news. Well, with the ketamine, with the ketamine, you know, obviously it's done through infusion, but um, you know, it's it's just a standalone, as far as I know. You're not you're not you, you don't get any any kind of talking therapy. Or oh, anything. okay. You just you just you're there for a few hours getting infused. And ketamine is not you know I I've had drug addicts tell me I've known quite a few that that the only drug they would never want to take would be ketamine. Really? Special K, as they call it. Right. Because uh, it puts you through some pretty terrible trips, at least the you know the stuff that's going around. It's a disassociative drug. Mm-hmm. No, but for some reason, it seems to help depressants. I'm glad to hear that. You know, there's. I got to ask you this because I don't. I, yeah, I was never a big. I smoked pot and stuff when I was a kid. <clears throat> you know that whole deal. But I did cocaine one time. Nothing happened. No effect whatsoever. I did uh, LSD one time, no effect whatsoever. Oh, boy. Either I'm a very strong-willed person or they both were fake drugs. Yeah. Could have been. That's what I'm I don't thinking. know. I had the same experience. You know, one time somebody somebody wanted me to snort some coke, and I did. And I had the same experience. It uh, just didn't do anything. Hmm. Yeah, it did nothing for me. I, I did the same exact thing you did, and it uh, literally nothing happened. So do you All think- my friends. All my friends, you know, we're going back to the early 70s. Mm-hmm. All my friends, like everybody I went to school with, it seems. Of course, I went to, you know, University High School. Where sure. It was on the campus, so people were taking uh, some drugs that they probably should have waited at least to take. But I was the only one among this whole group that would not take LSD. And I guess it's because I, I knew that I was uh, not not a mentally stable person. I know you'll find yeah. that shocking. No, it is. I'm, I'm shocked to the core. <laughs> but that's that's one drug I never wanted to try. Yeah, I just had no interest in all of the heroin and the cocaine and the LSD. I just, I said, I'll, I'll try it once, but I, nothing ever happened with that, whatever good. I'm glad, I was very glad actually nothing had happened because it, it just proved it was not good or not right for me. Yeah. Well, heroin, you know, is not really. Uh, I, of course, I've observed it, unfortunately, in my yes, family. And yes. It's uh, it's a. I've always felt, I mean, just from my own personal observation, that it's it, it it's not it's not so much that it causes great pain. It's that great pain causes the addiction. Yeah. <clears throat> yep. No doubt about that. Hey, sometimes. It, it really is sad. Watching people, guys you grew up with, women you grew up with, get hooked on drugs, and you watch them die young. That's a tough road to hoe right there, man. It's terrible. Yeah. There's no other way of going about it. What do you, Sprintho, what are you doing? Are you working? I'm trying to find a car for you, remember? Oh, you're you, still doing that? Yeah, it takes a little well, time. get off your ass. Let's go. Come on. So first I'm screwing around, and now I'm not, I'm not working hard enough. I'm feeling like Goldilocks here. Goldilocks. This bed is too hard. This bed's too soft. This one, though, is just right, so we'll yeah, get there eventually. We'll get there. Don't worry about it. So, Mr. Gelfan, what else is happening in your life right now? Well, as you know, I'm somewhat irascible. Yes, I do. I know you'll find that shocking. No, it, I am shocked. To the court. So uh, uh, I'm kind of following with uh, fascination the uh, this this uh, this discord among the uh, NBA guys. Oh yeah. Who uh, you know most of the most players in the NBA have been vaccinated, but you know there's a few who haven't, and um, all I can say is I if people don't want to get vaccinated, you know, and if they if you know some uh, I can understand it that people, for various reasons, they don't do it. But these guys do not have logical reasons. 
and you can draw any conclusion you want from that. You know, you know, you, know, you remember Andrew Wiggins from the Timberwolves, sure, right? Absolutely. So he is he is one of the deniers, and uh, he said uh, he said that he he was never going to get vaccinated. The thing is, he he plays for Golden State, so in San Francisco has has a, a local ordinance that uh, basically says if you don't get vaccinated you can't you can't go into that arena mm-hmm. and, and uh, so he's he finally he finally gave in uh, oddly enough it might have had something to do with that 31 million dollar year salary <laughs> might which, maybe so he would have he would have basically he wouldn't have been able to play in, in home games so there goes his salary in half but if you remember Andrew Wiggins, he took half the games off anyway. Yes, he did. That's true. So, so he said, basically, he said the reason he he wasn't going to get the vaccine was because he once had a bad reaction to Tylenol. <laughs> well, come on. And I got Mike. news for you: like hundreds of millions of people have had a bad reaction to a seed of medicine. Yes. The reaction being, "Hey, I'm still in pain." <laughs> Yeah, that's true. That's exactly it. Then there's Kyrie Irving. He plays for Brooklyn. Same thing, local law. And uh, but now, now here's what he had to say. I, I this was my quote of the week. He said, "Living in this public sphere, there's a lot of questions about what's going on in the world of Kyrie." Oh God! Oh, oh yeah. God! The old third person thing, you oh, know. I hate that so much. God, I hate that. So it turns out that he's been liking certain posts, and and what he likes reveals that he believes that the vaccine is being used to connect blacks to a master computer, which in turn is a plot of Satan. So he's been watching both CNN and Fox. Mm -hmm. So that's (laughs) he's got both sides covered. You know, on yeah, a somewhat related note. Uh, but he note, didn't wind up in the middle, that's for sure. No, that's for sure. Exactly. On a somewhat related note, I went to the Eagles last Saturday, and I'd been to a concert at the X a month and a half ago. Mm-hmm. Now to go in, you got to show vaccine records. That's what I heard, yeah. And some bands have canceled, had to cancel shows uh, in Florida because they've got, you know, the, it's against Florida law to require that. And what's happened is, is the insurance companies that insure the touring company with mm-hmm. the bands. Yeah. They said, if you go play in a arena full of people that aren't vaccinated, uh, we're not going to cover you. Really? Yep. So that well, is I sure love to be in that arena. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't that be wonderful? And then there are a lot of bands that that will play in arenas only if they have the vaccination mandate. So it kind of cuts both. Ways. Yeah, it, it does. does. Cut both and it just, ways. I guess, it reflects. The overall leaving of America. I have a question about that, as a matter of fact, because you know we. I, I have a friend. Uh, he's eighty-three years old. Don't want to mention who it is, but I got a call from his housemate that said uh, that he had fallen out of his wheelchair, and would I come over and help? So I went over, and I picked him up like a you know he's a big guy, but I picked him up like a you know a little child, and I put him back in his his chair and he was fine and all the rest of it well i found out uh, a couple days later that he had covid right and i actually literally bent over i picked him up carried him over put him in his chair stayed with him the whole deal you know put my hand on his shoulder you okay is everything all right i never got it though i've been tested a couple of times i i never got it that was about three weeks ago so why do some people get it and some people do not? now i have been vaccinated with the johnson and johnson I yeah, well, that helps. That does sure. help. And there's no, but but why wouldn't I have gotten? A lot of people with the vaccine have gotten COVID. Why didn't I get well, it? Well, the last thing I read is, of I think we're at seven hundred thousand deaths in the U.S. since the start. I think we just hit that milestone in the last week or so. Right. Ninety-seven yeah. percent of the people that died were not unvaccinated, which means three percent of the people that died were. I don't believe that to be true at all. Well, if you're going I through really this whole 700,000, it's kind of like a self-fulfilling prophecy. It's like, you know, 99% of humans died before the invention of the airplane. You know, that doesn't really correlate. Because yeah. the vaccine didn't exist until very recently. Right. Most of those deaths happened before the vaccine was even 
thought of. So. Yeah, that's a good point. But I, I'm trying to remember how many we were at in when did we start the, with getting vaccines? It was what's well, the other thing is the vaccine rollout thing makes it difficult to yeah. kind of say yeah. because at first it was like. We were vaccinating maybe 5% of the population. It was like people over 90 or something like that. And then we went to the next block and the next block. So it's like, when do you draw the line of where to stop counting deaths, I suppose, is the other question. Well, yeah, because because a lot of statistics show that a lot more people have died of COVID than than the the statistics are showing. 700,000 is one estimate, one estimate, and... I think if you look at the Worldometer, which is a pretty good site, they're going with like about 730,000 now. But if you look at the statistics, which show the increase in deaths, you know, month by month, year mm-hmm. by year, they tend to suggest that a, that a hell of a lot more people have died of COVID than we know about, which makes sense because a lot of people who die of COVID are never diagnosed with it, especially people who are vaccine deniers. You know, they'll they'll say... Oh, well, I've got the flu, and and when they die, you know, there's no autopsy. They die, and uh, and you know, people the next of kin are asked to fill out the the death certificate, and so they can say anything they want to about why they died. So they'll say pneumonia or something else. You know, they won't. Yeah. They they, they won't say this. So the numbers are just they're they're pretty good estimates, I think. What but happened they to the, don't tell the whole story. What happened to the flu? That's what I'd like to know. Why is the flu gone? The flu is gone because people were distancing and wearing masks. Yeah. That's pretty simple. Yeah, but those masks, they don't stop droplets, do they? Or maybe they, start, they might stop. They don't care. The, they don't block the airborne stuff. They I think did. it's well, 90%. Well, it depends on where you are and you know, how yeah. close you are and other things. That's, yeah, that's why true. I say masks and distancing. It's all hand-washing, I think, honestly. Probably. I would bet you that 90% of flu cases are transmitted by touching a surface and then touching your face. Yeah, probably true. So yeah, it's you don't actually, get COVID that way. It's actually quite rare to have someone sneeze directly on you and give yeah. you the flu. Yeah. But, but that's what people think is they think it's like, oh, it's floating through the air. But really, it's mm-hmm. mostly living on surfaces that you then touch. And now that people are finally washing their hands for the first time in their lives, apparently, they're not getting the flu anymore. We do have to take a break. Mike, you going to stay with us for a bit of the second hour? Sure. Magnificent. What's coming up next, Dougie? Car Selling Secrets with special guest superstar return visit, former KQ um, superstar alum. Superstar alum? Peter Bourne. Excellent. We'll be right back. Car Selling Secrets up next with Doug Sprinthal.